2: Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. The Premier View Tipperary GAA Podcast has just got its very first sponsor. The podcast is now proudly sponsored by MerchMonster.ie.
3: On MerchMonster.ie, you can buy personalized hoodies, T-shirts... Polo shirts, personalised snood face coverings and a whole lot
2: more They've even got a product personaliser over on their website. Go over there and check it out now. They deal in one-off orders and also in bulk orders class hoodies, T-Man work polo shirts and everything else in between Go over there and check them out now It's merchmonster.ie
4: Now let's get back to this week's show
2: Four of the Premier View Tipperary GA podcast. My name is Michael McCarthy, and this week we have our local paper review with Shane Brophy of the Nina Gargin. Samantha Lambert looks back on Tipps' first round league defeat to Cork, while Pat Nolan previews the Offaly vs. Tip league football decider on this weekend. But first, I sat down with Lockmore's Marty Ryan and Laura's Marissa Kennedy to review Tipps' football victory over Wicklow. The footballers were out against Wicklow in a do-or-die game, I I think, uh, with both teams having lost their first round. uh, Marty, it was a, I I did the report, I called it a dour affair, it was, Jesus. I I thought it was a terrible game of football, we just lacked cohesion. Now we have a lot of injuries and we are missing a lot of our first 15, Uh, but we should be, we should be a bit better, shouldn't we?
4: We should be beating Wicklow comfortably. No offense to Wicklow, but we should. Um, uh, it's I've, to be honest, I've been to a fair number of tip football games over the last few years, and they're either or seat excitement or absolutely awful affairs. Mm. I, just, I just particularly I think of a Fermanagh League game a couple of years back, and it was the longest 17 minutes of my life. <laughs> it was just, yeah. Um, and not, not that yesterday was much better, but um, uh, yeah, it should it should have been more comfortable. As you said, we do have a lot of injuries. It's kind of we our, our league preparations do seem seem to get kind of hampered by a bit of bad luck. Most years, uh, something goes wrong. Any team would miss the likes of Michael Quinlevin and and that you know
2: yeah um, uh, we're like we're missing I suppose our first choice half back line in Bill Maher, uh, Kevin Fahey and. Robbie Kiley, who we're, who we're not going to have now for the championship, but I mean, they, they were probably the platform that we built on last year, so to be missing them is, a, is a huge. Um, it, 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 we're, we're at a disadvantage straight away, but uh, Paddy Feehan has settled in well, I thought, at, at centre-back, and it looks the most likely, I suppose, to, to take the number seven short, even though Conor Bow started there yesterday. He did okay um, in, in, in his first start, um, but yeah, it's, it, it was we, we were lack, lacklustre. There is a lot for David Power to work on. Now, he's probably trying to build a panel um, as well at the same time. Uh, but, Marissa, in the middle of the field, uh, two powerhouses for Tip yesterday, Ballinas, Stephen O'Brien, and commercials, Conal Kennedy, they, they were the platform yesterday, which we, which we built on. Uh, O'Brien is a, a very important player for, for Tip
0: very important and it's great to see him, him back in the team and back to, to full form like um as you say especially with with all the injuries at the moment it's it's vital that the more experienced head like heads like himself are are, are in the mood but you know for Tipperary i think it's it's just a case of as you know and marty luta over the past couple of years we've just gone missing scoring wise in so many of these games and i think in the first half there was almost 20 minutes where there was no score registered and in that period we we conceded five to Wicklow. So, you know, serious question marks over that. And we were saved by the goals in the end. And that was all the difference. Um, but you know, you, you look at the scoring and again very reliant on, on on Connor Sweeney hitting one three of the of the two twelve, you know, I think it was only five scores overall. So you know, against as as Marty said, no disrespect to them, but against a team like Wicklow, it's not good enough.
2: Yeah. Uh, we we had said previously in a podcast, Marty, that we wanted more scoring um out of the forwards. Sean O'Connor has kind of come in at, at number fifteen there beside Sweeney and he shows very well. He scored again, I think, two marks yesterday, one one two freeze, had done similar the week before against um Limerick. He's a young man. He's only 20 or 21, I think. Um, so, like, he, he's a good addition to the forward line.
4: Yeah, absolutely. And, and as you said, that's what we need. We need more lads to put their hand up and, and take the scores because we are very reliant on Connor Sweeney and, and Michael Quinlevin. And if they have an off day, or I mean, Quinlevin often has two lads hanging out of him and is just he's nullified. You have to have somebody else. Uh, you have to give other teams, defenders, somebody else to watch maybe. And even just having another threats like that freeze up to likes of Quinlevin and spreads it around a bit more. Um, like when you go back to 2016, we were a bit of an unknown quantity and it, Sweeney and Quinlevin kind of made hay because they didn't know who to watch, you know? Yeah. So, um, Philip Ryan got a goal too, um, yesterday, which is nice to see him, um, getting amongst us, um, not too many, not too many men in tip have lifted Sam Maguire. so um, you'd be expecting big things from him. Um,
2: yeah, he, he was he was busy around the field. I thought he he played well. Um, he, again, it was his first start, so I'm sure there was, there, even though he's been around the block a bit, he, there was a bit of nerves putting on the tip jersey for the first time. So
4: that, um, that too, and and the fact that I mean he wasn't a regular starter with Dublin. I don't know how much game time he's got with Dublin over the years, so he's. He's fresh into county football again, really. So it might take him a little while to get back up to speed. Um, but um, I'm certainly, I am certainly happy to see anybody who wants to play football for Tipperary is, you know, yeah, fair play to them and they're welcome in my book. But do you,
2: Marissa, would you think it's fair to say that this Tip football team kind of prefers being the underdog, and when when we're playing the bigger teams, our game plan suits. Suits so to playing the bigger, the bigger teams where we have uh, Brian Fox coming into the halfback line dictating kind of the play, breaking it up. Um, whereas yesterday when we were on the ball a lot more, I suppose, um, maybe not used to to being the, the bigger fish.
0: Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, history and results tend to show that, doesn't it? Don't yeah. they? So I as you said yesterday when we we're in the majority possession, it, it's like we kind of have too much time to think about it whereas you know maybe it's a case of maybe teams the bigger teams previously might have underestimated tip a little bit and that's where that kind of underdog fighting spirit comes out and it's a case of you know not even thinking about it just stick to the game plan and you know just work it through the lines and it it seems to work out then but it's something that's it's definitely. I don't know if it's an attitude thing or what, but it's something that definitely has to be looked for because, in the championship, we seem to shine when we're not supposed to, and yet we really struggle in the league. Um, it's it's definitely an issue that's going to have to be looked into.
2: Yeah. So next weekend we have Offaly Marty in uh, the last game of, of the league of the, the league part of it. Uh, we need to win. If we win by three points, we are assured of of knockout stages. Uh, an awfully victory last autumn um, was probably a catalyst for a good run in the in the championship. Uh, hopefully that will happen again next weekend.
4: Yeah, hopefully. Uh, awfully are motor and well there now. In fairness to them, they've hundred percent record so far. So it'll be it'll be a tough old challenge. Hopefully we'll have um, a couple of lads back. Maybe I don't know if it's if it's too soon for them, but. Um, I don't want to say it's a must win but it kind of is really um you know you want to be you want to be kind of because um, if, if we don't win that's it like for the league mm-hmm. so that's your preparation over and done with so you kind of want to be going in you know as monster champions winning division 3 should be a, a very realistic aim um if we don't win it's not the end of the world but I think we should be trying to make a final anyway we definitely should be appearing in the semi finals so um, yeah, hopefully um, it'll be a good test for us. I think we'll have a good idea where we are after that. Uh, unfortunately, we can't wear the white jerseys again because we do have a hundred percent record in those jerseys now at this stage. Yeah. Um. The the, the
2: white I, the yeah. white jersey is a is a class jersey, but it's just so hard to see the numbers, the gold numbers, on when when the game is on to know. Um. If I have won, ga Go is a is a brilliant um, facility for for was to have and, but the commentator they had yesterday and um, he definitely had never seen Wicklow or Tip play football before and more often than not he did not know who was on the who was on the ball at the time and uh, he missed who, who was scoring it was kind of a score for Tip rather than a score for Conal Kindy or, or Sean O'Connor or whatever but I think that it wasn't helped by the, the gold numbers and um, I don't know how often we're going to get to wear those now um, in 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 the future, we we only wore them yesterday because Wicklow wore the same jerseys and, and we, we had to, to change being the home team. But um, yeah, as you said, I, a, a good game to look forward to against Offaly next weekend, and uh, hopefully they do get the victory and get into the knockout stages. And um, as you said, it's it's important that we that we're playing knockout football, and especially when we're in we're, we're in Division Three
4: just on the jerseys too, it was a slight variation on what you said. The, the Tenio was back on the on the jersey. Um, and uh, the shorts was an interesting one, actually, I thought, because um, if you looked at the shorts, they're actually a set of training shorts because they had numbers on the shorts as well. I don't know if you noticed that.
2: No.
4: So um, they're a navy and green pair of shorts with, with numbers on them. So as far as I know, that's part of a training kit, which was just, maybe I might be the only person in the county interested in that. But for... Anybody who's into their GA kits, that's a bit of trivia for you.
2: <laughs> Very good. Uh, <laughs> I, I had noticed it. I, I noticed the, the navy shorts or the black shorts, whatever they were. In my, uh, but, um, yeah, I,
4: I was just, I was, when I was inside the shopping centre in Turles on uh, Friday evening, I saw this funny green jersey inside in the hell is that? And, uh, and then I spotted a navy tenio across the front. It's a green jersey with navy and uh, That must have been part of, the part of the kit that the shorts came from. So, uh, whether, whether we ran out of money to supply the lads with another set of green shorts or, or what, I don't know, but uh fairness, honest, the, the tenio in white looked nice on the front of the jersey, I have to say like it's it doesn't uh, it was great to see that jersey without a sponsor for Bloody Sunday and everything, but I don't think the sponsor ruins it as such because uh, obviously going forward anytime it's worn, there will be a sponsor on it
2: Yeah, no, I, the sponsor did look fine, that it was just a uh... The numbers on the back were very hard to read. I suppose maybe it was the the sun or whatever, but the the gold and the the green, the green and
4: white background just let's get hard. an old black patch or something and put it on the back with white numbers for you. That's
2: it. That's it. Yes, yeah. my uh, my old age, my eyesight isn't as good as it used to be. <clears throat> okay, I'm delighted to be joined on the Premier View Tipperary Ga podcast by renowned sports journalist Pat Nolan of the Irish Mirror and proud Offaly man. You're very welcome, Pat. Thanks very much. So Pat, Offaly are absolutely flying in Division 3 south of the Football League. Two wins from two. Uh, first day out, a uh, four-point victory over Wicklow. Um, going, going well at the moment?
5: It's going well in that they've, they've, they've obviously won, won the two matches. Um, it it's, it isn't too often really that Offaly footballers have been able to put victories back-to-back. Back. Um, I was just working it out there the weekend after the game that they haven't actually done it uh, outside of Division 4 where they've been a couple of times over the last 10 years or so uh, since 2003 that it was the first time that, that they'd started, sorry, that, this, that it started a league campaign with successive wins um, and I suppose even at that they've done it against two teams that have just come up against Division 4 so you know, I, I, you wouldn't want to get too carried away either. Um, the two games um, I watched them online um, they dominated both for long periods but just struggled to make it... Um, to reflect their superiority on, on the scoreboard, particularly uh, in the first half against Limerick, where it was, it was five each at halftime and hopefully had missed the penalty. Another couple of goal chances had five or six wides, dropped a few short. Um, and I think at the other end, Limerick had maybe scored, had scored five points out of maybe seven chances. So, um, you know, they, get, they really should have been out of sight at that stage um, and were in danger. You know, Limerick got a goal shortly after halftime, you know, and it turned into a bit of a scrap. then. And in fairness to them, they dug it out with some brilliant. Uh, the likes of Shane Horn and Keane Farrell have come off the bench to great effect in, in the last couple of matches. And I, I'm I'm not sure they can afford the luxury of of, of, of not starting them again. Um, you look at Niall McNamee, who's done well off the bench as well. Uh, but I suppose Niall's probably at other stage of his career, 35, where that role probably suits him. He can probably have more influence at that stage of a game than he would if he started the game and was still on the on the on the field. At that particular stage, so um, I, I, I think they'll just need to have to shake it up a bit against Tipperary. Not not drastic changes or really anything like that, but I'm, I'm just I would I I, I I would have more confidence with the team finishing the game, getting the job done last Saturday than I would with, with the team that started.
2: Yeah, and. I suppose that, that's probably a thing with with Gaelic football over the last couple of years, and, and I suppose Harland to a, to a certain extent, but is having your best team on the it was a real Dublin thing having your best team on the, the field at the end of the game. And um, in the last game against Limerick, three three guys came off the bench and scored two points each. Um, yeah. So so is that a case of building a panel, or or will will those guys start eventually? Do you think?
5: Um, I think. So in the case of Keen um, Farrell, I think he probably will start eventually. Uh, he's a brilliant, brilliant talent from Eden Derry. Um, he shot the lights out against Kildare in last year's championship, and um, uh, so I, I am surprised that that he's not starting. And like you know, I, I'd imagine once he, you know, settles into county football, he's 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 going to be a regular probably for ten or twelve years going forward. Um, so yeah, you know, if you ask me are, are there six better forwards and off lead than Kane Farrell, I would say no. Right. Um but obviously there's there's different um, there's there's a few piano lifters needed too. So <laughs> um but uh you know I I, I, I would think uh because the, because the accuracy he has a of off either foot, the heat but I needs to come into the side. Mm-hmm. Um that there there was a problem, particularly in John Mohan's first year in charge where it was kind of a bare starting fifteen, and there was very little on the bench. So there are much better options there now, um, but I don't think uh, I don't think the starting team is so strong that the likes of Keen Farrell can afford to be, that he can afford to leave the likes of Keane Farrell off it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shane Horn uh, is probably a less clear-cut one in, in that he had a really good first year for Offaly. Shane, Shane is 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 like um, Philip Ryan, that, that Tipperary just got on board, and that he's a he's he's a he's a son of. Of uh, Offaly parents uh, played with Kilmore with Crokes and was knocking around the Dublin setup um, at various stages, um, and he came on board a couple of years ago. Played really well in his first year. wasn't quite as influential last year, so you know he, he probably lost the status of of nailed-on starter. But he scored a few points off the bench in both games, and I, I think he's got very strong claims for for Saturday. Other than that, I probably wouldn't make. I I, I wouldn't be shouting from the rooftops about changes, and um, like I said, I, I think that impact role suits Niall McNamee at this, start, at this stage of his career. Um, you know, the teams been the teams been changed around a bit in terms of David Dempsey um, coming in as a centre forward, kind of deep line centre forward. He'd be, be better known as a defender, but he's quite a powerful ball carrier. So, um, yeah, I, 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 I think, um, I think Tipperary, even though they, they they lost to Limerick and they have lost a number of players from the Munster Championship win. I think they're going to be the best side that Offley have played so far, and Offley have kind of just about got over the line in two games. Um, and, and I and I, I just think if if they're not if they're if they're not bang at it on Saturday, they're they're very vulnerable uh, to to losing uh, against a team that they've they've a very poor record against. So Tipperary won seven out of the last uh, league and championship meetings, um, and Offley haven't beaten them I think since twenty thirteen. So
2: yeah, last year's I mean, league game, which was in October, was. Um... Was quite a close yeah. game. It was. It was just that Connor Sweeney penalty that just, that um, divided them at the end, one sixteen to sixteen. But that probably, I think, it was that that win probably set us off on a, on, a, on a good a good run, which ultimately one ended up with the winning of the monster final. But um, like I know you said, we we won what seven out of ten, but kind of struggled that against you that day, and we're struggling this year, I suppose. So far, anyway. I mean. And, now we've spoken before that Limerick are a bogey team for us, and um, and even in the championship last year, I mean, we, we took yeah. extra time to, to, to get over them. We struggled for long periods against Wicklow, in my opinion. I watched it like you were watching it on, on Ga Goal, but it's it, it was tough. It was a tough watch, and we're not we're not firing, I suppose, and that that is the, with the injuries that we have. But with do you think? Um, well, obviously now after winning two, and their fate is in their own hand, but. Is promotion a real a real uh, thing for Offley this year? Uh, yeah. Well, it has been for a number of years, but generally Athlone have tended to be
5: like, I've tended to be uh, flirting with relegation, um, going into the last game or two rather than pushing for promotion. I suppose that there, there generally comes a a phase, you know, m- m- midway through league campaigns where, you know, if you get a result one way. You're going to be pushing hard for promotion, and, and if it goes the other way, you're going to be sc- scrapping relegation. And awfully invariably come out the wrong side of those <laughs> particular games. Um, so it, there is there is kind of a lack of a killer instinct to them. Um, like you mentioned, how that the game against Tipperary last year was was close, and generally uh, those games would always be close with Tipperary and teams in and around that level. But um, I suppose awfully generally tend to beat teams that are, I suppose in and around their level or below them but when it comes to beating a team where they have to which is an opportunity to move up a step and and go to the next level they generally tend to fall short Um, so being competitive even right up against Division 1 teams like they should have beaten Mead and Navin in the championship a couple of years ago they were five or six points up midway through the second half and lost the match and Mead had just got promoted to Division 1 at that time so I think being competitive against any team, right up to the lower reaches of Division One, is within reach for Woffley. But it's just that there is a mental frailty there, and in seeing out games and um, and putting teams to the sword, uh, and that's why I, I, I wouldn't be terribly confident that they'll that they'll get the results uh, on, on on Saturday. Yeah,
2: um, yeah, it, it would. It'll probably be a, a tight game again. Um... When it, win it be, yeah. when it comes down to it, the the championship then this year, um, how do you think Offley will go loud? I think in the first round, um, is that that's a pretty decent draw.
5: I suppose it is, and it is um, you know it's winnable, um, but at the same time, we expect it to be kicking loud with Mickey Hark being over them. Um, I know they're they're in a bit of a they're they're in a, effectively a promotion playoff against. Um, Sligo at the weekend. See who, who gets through to the, to the to the semi-finals. So, um, you know, it's just it's very difficult to um to to, to state that the, the, there are very few teams that you would say awfully would go out and play against that you'd be absolutely cast iron certain that that they would win. And that that's not based on ability because there is a good standard of football of footballer available um, to John Mahon, um Generally speaking, um, like whereas. Like un, 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 underage football sides have been pretty competitive for the last 10, 10 or twelve years, unlike hurling. Like so, so, where the standard has obviously dropped considerably. So there is a good standard of player there. Um, but I just think they they just need to um they just need to get a big win, mm-hmm. which they just have to. Like I'd say the last significant win that Offaly had in championship football was against Monaghan in twenty eleven. Like that's ten years ago. Mm-hmm. Where, where they beat. You know, a team that would, where they took a scalp, you know, and uh, they haven't got out of Division Three in in the last ten years. They've only been close with maybe once or twice, and they've been relegated to Division Four a couple of times. So, yeah, be Loud is a decent draw, um, but certainly not uh, n- and nailed on victory by by any stretch. They would then, if they won that, they would play Kildare, uh, who have an awful record that, against them, haven't beaten them fifteen years. They've lost the last twelve games against them in all competitions. So. Again, that would be a winnable game, but Offaly would be definitely be un- underdogs. Um, it's 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 another one of those games you can see Offaly being competitive in, but could they actually get over the line? You would have to have your doubts based on, on the last ten years. And of course, even if they did, Dublin cast a, a massive shadow over the Leinster championship anyway. So um, mm-hmm. you know, it's a bit, a bit like a bit like Kerry traditionally doing Munster, but um. Yeah, the Leinster Championship is uh, is a bit of a dead duck, and the fact that there are no qualifiers this year doesn't do a whole lot for morale for the other ten counties in Leinster that take part in it. And I think most, if not all of them, will be looking for promotion in the league as a means of progress this year, and, uh, and you know, hope for the best in the championship.
2: Yeah, um, you mentioned John Mohan is obviously your manager. He this is his third year. I think he was late eighteen. I think he came in as manager, but has he made significant strides in in, in improving the, the state of Offaly football in, in those years
5: uh, I wouldn't say significant strides no I, I don't think he's done a bad job but I don't think he's um I, I, I wouldn't say he's taken Offaly to a new level just yet um you know there have been good performances uh, like his first league campaign there was a number of games where like they, they that they just should have won and just Again, the same old story, couldn't, couldn't get over the line. Uh, ended up just about avoiding relegation, where there was a couple of games that probably should have won that would have put them up, contended for promotion. But that's an age-old story. The success of Offley teams before John Mahon took over. So, um, yeah, a couple of good performances in championship games um, against the Lace Kildare and Meads without winning them. Um, you know, so you wouldn't say awfully have won any game uh, that they wouldn't have been expected to win since he took over. So, um, you know, so it's been very, it's been slow progress. He's, they, they certainly haven't gone backwards, but I think if they are going to, if his managerial reign man is going to be considered a success, I think the next couple of weeks will probably be defining for him because, um, you know, getting out of division three would be massive for Offaly. And um, Saturday's a massive opportunity to do that. Um, and even if they do that on Saturday, it will still be a very tough game after it. So, you um, it's. It'll, I'd say the next few weeks, more so than the championship, might uh, define uh, whether he gets a fourth year or not.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So Saturday's game, it's probably in both both teams' hands. Tip, obviously, have to win by three to to be um, certain of the of the knockout uh, win or draw will do for for Offaly or even uh, losing by less than the three points. Uh, yeah. Michael Michael Dignan is is. Chairman in Offaly now. Um, how how is he getting on? He, he's a big name.
5: Yeah, um, I suppose it's, it's it's hard to judge because it's been. I, if you look, he came in as chairman in December, uh, 2019, and uh, you know three months later, um, we were in the pandemic. So it's been it's it's he hasn't I suppose had to deal with uh, your typical day-to-day issues that, that a county board chairman uh, would have to deal with and, and it's probably been hard to plan strategically uh, with all that's been going on so um uh, but he i suppose and i suppose ultimately he, he will he will be he will be judged on probably beyond his term as chairman uh like you know if if off your back being successful in five or ten years time mm-hmm. you, uh, and they can be traced back to the to the to the processes that, that were put in place during his tenure and um, that's probably when he'll earn his praise but at the same time um, I suppose he does a good job as a as a front of house man you, you look at the um, the acquisition of the of the Shane Lowry mm-hmm. um, uh, arrangements um, which uh, is hugely positive and um, it's it's something that maybe previous administrations may not have been able to um, you know, see over the line. Uh, just, mind, just for a whole host, host of reasons that, like, you know, often the Offaly County Board has been in in the in the news for a lot of the wrong reasons over the last uh, five 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 or ten years, and and I'm not sure would Shane Lowry have wanted to associate himself with with that. Maybe, maybe, maybe he would have, but it certainly, I, I suppose. Um, yeah, I suppose Dynein would have been seen as being more approachable to to someone like him, anyway. And it's um, it's great to see something like that. And I suppose he's he has surrounded himself with a lot of very capable people too, which, which probably have skill sets that he doesn't have in in, in terms of uh, you know just just the nitty gritty of administration duties and week to week stuff uh, that, that that boxes that have have to be ticked. And um, so I suppose to answer your question, I would say. Um, you know, there are positive signs uh, uh, so far, but um, I'd be interested to see when things bed down again after this pandemic and um, and you're into more nitty gritty issues. Um, and and I suppose driving home uh, plans like the Shane Lowry one, because we've had any amounts of reports and, and, and you know, academies and, and, you know, plans for underage developments over the years, and obviously there have amounted to virtually nothing. Um, albeit the two minor teams are, are in our Leinster finals this year, but um, um, I'll just be able to see what what the follow through is on on all of that sort of stuff in, in 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 years to come. And I suppose, like like I said, that's what will define his his reign probably more than anything else.
2: Yeah, you you just mentioned there. Obviously, the two minor teams or seventeen teams are in the the two Leinster finals, isn't it? Um, yeah. From twenty twenty, um, so. Like that—that's a—that's a big achievement. I think it's probably back to the late eighties when that was last last achieved. Um, I think so. That—that's that, positive. Yeah. That's positive for for, for codes in the country.
5: Yeah, but um, at the same time, like, and uh, Michael finally actually alluded to this in, a, in an interview recently. Like, it is only one set of players mm-hmm. um, getting to Leinster finals. Like, I'd, like, awfully have been in. It's it's an exercise that I've been meaning to do that since the mid-90s, awfully have been in any amount of Leinster finals uh, at underage and senior level. Um, And they haven't, barred the minors and under-21 hurlers in 2000, since 1997, awfully haven't won any Leinster final. Mm. um, And probably have lost, I'd say upwards, at all grades, probably upwards on 15, maybe maybe more. So um, there comes a time where you have to start winning those. And... And getting to them consistently um, is the key because, um, you know, if Offaly were to win these two Leinster finals and then disappear at minor level for the next uh, five years again, yeah, like you're, you're not going to get the base of a successful senior team off, yeah. off those two sides. So um, it needs to be sustained. Uh, and look, Offaly is a small county. You can't realistically expect to be winning underage honours year after year. But you do need, um, you know, a succession of underage sides to build a good good senior team and often we haven't had that since the late 80s in either code
3: Mm -hmm.
2: yeah no but but it's good to see that with with the two teams in it and as you said it, it is all about sustainability and and bringing guys through year on year pat nolan it was a pleasure to have you on the premier view thanks very much
5: thank you no problem
3: Are you looking for an exciting new career? Iconic News are recruiting for the positions of Media Sales Specialists. Iconic is Ireland's largest independently owned newspaper group with an unrivalled audience in print, online and mobile. We are now seeking Media Sales Specialists to join the advertising sales team working on The Chipperary Star, The Nationalist and ChipperaryLive.ie, offering a competitive salary and massive career progression to the right fit. To apply, please email your CV to o Cooper at iconicnewspapers.ie.
2: The Brary ladies footballers were in action live on TG4 Friday night and after a very competitive first half fell away in the second. Art Finan's Samantha Lambert joins us to review the game. Okay, delighted to be joined by Samantha Lambert here on the Premier View to have a look back at Tip's defeat to Cork in the first round of the National Football League last Friday night live on TG4. Thanks very much for joining us, Samantha.
6: No at all. Thanks for having me.
2: Uh, so Friday night obviously we, we kicked off against against Cork um, did very well in the first half faded in the second half yeah, you were watching it uh, what did you make of it?
6: Yeah I know. I suppose look it was um, it was always going to be a big task coming up against um, Cork in the first round of the league um, I suppose there wasn't very much, there wasn't much room for challenge matches in previous to the match against Cork so that is a tough task and um, look as you said the girls played very very well in the first half Um, they were extremely strong I think uh, Anna Rose at midfield and uh, Caitlin Kendi centre back, Maria Curley full back um, Emma Morrissey centre forward I think they were absolutely superb they were outstanding to be fair to them and um, uh, look they faded in the second half like you said I think the legs got tired maybe the intensity of the game was a bit much for them um, at that point, I, I think they have a lot of uh, hard training done, so maybe that took its toll. But like they kept battling, which is a, a, a is a great sign. Like, and they kept trying their best. So, like they have loads to learn from it, and um, I suppose loads to take from it, and um, things that they can work on. But there is loads of positives that they can take from it as well. Like, and as you said, they played really, really well in the first half. They really stuck with Cork, and um, I think um, if they kind of drive it on and not dwell on any the negatives, or not the negatives, but so not dwell on the loss. I know it was probably, they, they lost quite a bit in the, the end, I think it was 12 points, but look, um, as long as they learn from their mistakes, I think they, they have a lot to work on and they can progress again against Water this weekend. And that's the most important thing, that they don't dwell on it and they take the positives from the game.
2: Yeah, um, just, just on that first half, we played some good football in the first half and we led at one stage after Marie Creedon's goal and um, we, we showed signs that, that we're well capable of competing with Cork
6: Oh yeah definitely um, and I suppose it was the first time in my career that we had bit them uh, two years ago down in Parky Ring and it was like winning All-Ireland I suppose when we were growing up well when I was growing up anyway and um, coming across the likes of Cork, like, you never bet them, they always bet you, and when I mean bet you, they, they bet you out the gate. Yeah. Um, You know, so that win against Cork, really, I think, and a lot of the girls that were playing in that match last weekend, they would have been playing that day as well, and I think we all got such belief and confidence from that game that, yeah, we can actually beat them. Mm-hmm. And like you said, um, they, they stuck with them in the first half, they played really well, they were ahead after Marie Creedon's goal, and, yeah, um, Look, I, I think they just faded the intensity, maybe they hadn't, um, to like you can run all you like but I suppose when it comes to match fitness and game experience I think um, you can't get that only from playing challenge matches and uh, games like the league matches so um, there's loads to take from it and I'm sure they've learnt a lot since.
2: Yeah, just before half-time there, uh, Roshin Daly popped up with a, with a great goal. Uh, she, I was very impressed with her, especially in the first half. She, she was up and down the wing. She was getting involved there all the time.
6: Yeah, Daly's an excellent player. Great attitude um, mm. uh, and super fitness, I suppose. Yeah, she was up and down that wing um, a lot in the first half and it was great to see her finishing off with a goal. Um, towards the end of the game it was a super goal too um, she's very fit and fast and um, loves to get on the ball and it, that's great to see out of a wing back like, you know, there's nothing worse for a wing forward to be honest to have to follow a wing back around the place yeah. and uh, I suppose she'd probably been the the wing forward nightmare for the first half because she was just full of energy and enthusiasm so it's great to see and it's great to see her um, starting there with a wing back like, and she brings a lot to the team
2: yeah, your um your old jersey number there was filled by uh, Caitlin Kennedy, uh, the Arlo girl. She's um she's a terrific footballer herself and Anna Rose obviously are, are two stars in the making. But uh, Caitlin is is she's she's strong, she's tough and, and she's well able to carry the ball forward too.
6: Absolutely. Caitlin is super, um, along with her sister Anna Rose, and they really link together really well. And I suppose in Marcy then at Centre Forge, you really have um, a really strong backbone. They're going on through the centre, You know, um, they all just know each other really well, and I think that makes makes it um, better. The link play or whatever. So no, Caitlin is flying us back. I just said she's so many um, attributes to go with it. She's her her strength, her physicality, her fitness, and her drive forward is is uh, second to none. So she'll really settle in there, and I think that's a great position for her um, going forward.
2: Yeah. Um, someone we, we probably didn't see enough of at uh, uh, on Friday night was um, Ashing Maloney. She started out at wing forward and seemed to kind of be out around the middle of the field, probably trying to link the play in that. But do you think Tip would get more out of Ashing if she was nearer to the goal, uh, more of a threat?
6: Yeah, look, she played very, very well in the first half. She had a lot of mileage done, I think, at the end of the first half, to be honest. She was up and down that wing as well. And... She was on a young girl from Cork Eric um, and she kept her busy too. But um Maloney did a lot of running and tracking back like in the first half. And she was winning a lot of her kickouts as well. Like so um I guess um legs got tired and she did move into the full forward there to towards the into the second half and um should went in there. I just don't think there was probably enough ball going in for her to do the damage that she normally would do.
1: Mm-hmm. Um
6: but, um, yeah, look, I don't think any full-back would enjoy Ashton Maloney walking towards them mm-hmm. or a goalie for that matter. So, um, yeah, look, there's and cons of having her ever. you love 15, Ashton Maloney's going around the place. But um, there's, you know, she's great to carry the ball. So out in the wing might give her more space inside in the full forward line. Yeah, she's nearer to goal and she can do damage. Um, but it's just where you want to play her. And I suppose you kind of play her depending on the team you're playing against too like and um maybe having her out in the wing was giving her that bit more space to carry the ball and get past her player um it just didn't work out i suppose maybe in the first half she had done a little bit of track and she was getting the thing but look she 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 linked the ball well she she uh created um some scores as well so um it's great to see the other girls around her scoring and stepping up to the mark too like so um, as I said, having her inside full forward, I would be my worst nightmare having to try marker inside full forward. And I think teams, the further out the field she is, the better for other teams. I feel.
2: Yeah, yeah no, closer, I, I, I would tend to agree with you that the, you're right, and um, she, she she would be complete handful for any for any fullback. Uh, yeah, um, Cork, Cork needed, I suppose they, they probably got an, an all rollicking at halftime, and they needed they brought on a couple of subs. Libby Coppinger and Katie Quirk popped up with goals for them and they, and they needed those, those goals they, that showed the strength of their bench
6: yeah look Cork I have a strong bench they're, they're um, developing the whole time and they've girls come from underage um, mm. up to senior level all the time and they're playing their minor level then at A as well, to know the A competition. So it makes a difference. Now Tipper getting there as well. we I, I always competed at B and now you've girls coming up the likes of Caitlin Kennedy and Emma Marcy who have competed in A minor competitions and that's absolutely brilliant and it's great to see and we have development squads going on as well and that's absolutely brilliant and to so know the county board have put in such work into um progress in ladies football in Tipperary like and you can see the benefits of it now. Yeah. Um, but look Cork have been building as I said for really a long long time those girls that came on are experienced as well and it probably did make that little bit um of a difference you see Imermini coming on and uh like I said Libby as well so um that does make a difference look he was given as suppose, if he was given um younger girls a chance too on a Friday night that's what the league's going to be about like you know it's giving girls a chance and seeing what he has for the championship and um he brought on Katie Cork as well, who's another young girl. So um, he was out there to see what he's got as well. So I'm sure they've learned quite a bit from that game, too, going forward into playing. They're playing Dublin this weekend. So that'll be a very difficult challenge for them, too, like you know, um, to the All Ireland finalists from last year. So it's going to be an interesting encounter.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Another, another Cork girl, uh, before we move on, who got clear player, the mattress, Syve O'Leary, the Kinsale girls. I've seen her play um, when. I can say I won the intermediate there, whatever it was, two or three years ago. She's a fantastic footballer,
6: yeah, absolutely brilliant. I think she was actually on the, the team when I was over when I was selected for the Munster Interpro school team. Um, she's very, very skillful, uh, very fast and nifty, like you know. So, um, I was no surprise she got a uh, player of the match scoring one three. Um, and look, she got good, great ball in church. You no, know? I mean, Emma Conan, I think, was marking her, and um. Everyone was marking her, and as a, a superb defender. And you know, I I, th- I I think like the ball coming into Sive was excellent. You know, and it was going directly to her. Um, not a, a kind of a player in the full back line can do much about if they're getting ball into their hand You know, and they can do a certain amount. So, um, Sive's an excellent player anyway, and then getting perfect ball in, I suppose, was a killer. So, um, but no, she's excellent. You know, very high standard.
2: Yeah, so looking forward to this weekend, uh, Sunday in Clamell, we have Waterford, uh, we've played them quite a number of times over the, uh, none more so than I suppose you remember it well last year. Um, so what, what can we expect? Uh, do you think there'll be any changes in Declan Carr's line out to give someone else uh, a run uh, to, to have a look at?
6: Yeah, I'd imagine uh, Declan might give another few girls another chance, you know, and, and that's how he's going to learn, like, you know, so I, I, I think, why not? Girls have to get uh, a champ- league games um, to let them have a look at what they're made of for the championship, so I wouldn't be surprised, um, you know, that the girls did very, very well, a lot of them was their first um, county match there with a long, a long while they of like so Lane Kelly or Edith Carl uh, and, you know, the you know, they haven't been on the county scene for a while, so, um, it'll take time and, and um the girls will learn from it and I'm sure um they were delighted to be back on start in fifteen. And I'm sure again Declan might give another few girls um that haven't had that experience uh that chance there on Sunday against Waterford. Um it'll be a tough battle. It's always they always seem to be close encounters when we are playing against Waterford and um I can see no different there on Sunday.
2: Yeah, who who from Waterford should should we be looking out for and are the the walls are they still playing? They were they were always um, yeah. good good footballers.
6: Yeah, I suppose. Look, you've um the belly Mac girls like are excellent footballers. You know they're very very strong. You have the likes of um Karen McGrath there, and like you mentioned already, Lean Wall and Mairead Wall. Uh you have Kellyanne Hogan. She's excellent, and I think she lined out at wing forward there the other day. Showing you have know, Cueva McGrath, very very strong too. So um, they're not short um, of super players. And I think Maria Delahunty is back at full forward as well, um, who hasn't featured, it, I think, with the last year or so for Waterford. So she's back uh, too. So um, they have a great bunch of players. And as I said, it's going to be another close encounter. Um, Tip and Waterford know each other quite well too. So um, it's kind of different to, to play in other counties where you wouldn't be as familiar. But um, it'll be it'll be interesting and exciting, I'm sure.
2: Yeah, sure, will. So hopefully that's on uh, in Clamel on Sunday. Uh, okay. The draws for the the championship were made last week, where we're paired with Cork again, um, and and Old foes, Mead. Um, it's not a bad a bad uh, group, but uh, we have to top it, isn't it, to get to get into the semi-finals.
6: Yeah, there's actually quarterfinals. So the Boys top.
2: Two,
6: yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it's a little different. Last year, I suppose there's that small bit more of a, a window to play, get games played. So, um the top two teams go into a quarterfinal. So no, it's not a bad group. Um, I suppose there is worse groups out there, you could say. But look, I don't think any of the groups are easy. Um, but it was um a group that you probably uh, would have favoured rather than going into a group like maybe Washford who got. Mm-hmm. Um, Dublin again as well like so um, it'll be tough meter or after developing as well like in progress and since we played them I'm sure so um, there'll be no easy match um, never raise up in senior but that's what you want like you want to be um, having these battles against other counties and um, that's where you're going to improve and, and progress so um, like you said already Cork again and I'm sure they'll have their players that were injured the other night back as well but look um, Tipper are going to continue to learn they're going to continue to develop and gel well together so I have no doubt that they'll they'll be ready for that championship when it comes around
2: Yeah and we hopefully will have our two uh, Australians uh, Orla Dwyer and Ashton McCarthy back will Ashton be fit do you think?
6: Um, I think she's doing very well at the minute. Um, not a hundred percent sure um whether she'll be back or not. Um I'm sure she's not going to want to rush your knee. Um, in particular, I think I don't know is it just me, but I was just thinking about knees and just making sure that when the rehab is is going on, that they're doing it properly and fully, like in order for her to make a full recovery and not having to do not doing more damage to herself. Um, and otherwise seems to be. Enjoying her celebrations <laughs> and,
2: uh
6: fair play Charlie. Well
2: deserved. And, uh, well deserved. She
6: uh, needs a little bit of downtime too. Like she's been going a long time now. So um hopefully they'll be back. They'll be super additions. But again, um you have to I suppose control the control wills and play what you have in front of you, and I'm sure the girls will will um will pull together anyway, no matter what.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Uh Samantha Lambert, thanks again for joining us on the Premier View, and we'll hopefully talk to you again in another couple of weeks. No way, thank you. It's E. Fast becoming Toomey most famous son, Enda Tracy speaks to Head of Sport at the Nina and Shane Brophy to review the GA action in this week's edition.
7: Okay, on this week's uh, paper review, I'm joined by Nina Garage Sports Editor, Shane Brophy, for a look at this week's edition. Shane, thanks for coming on.
8: Uh, good to see you again, Enda.
7: Um, there's only one logical place to start, Shane. A uh, fellow Laura man, um, terrible news there. You have on page 63. Obviously, everyone's heard at this stage. Uh, Bonner Maher sustaining an Achilles tendon injury in training, just shocking bad luck for a lad that's uh, served tip so well.
8: Oh, it's just desperate, like it was the uh, I suppose to look. you don't wish that type of injury on anyone, but like considering like what he's yet yeah, to fight back from a Crucius what 24 months ago, like to, to be. Effectively, his second championship in three years has gone. Now. Like it's, um, it, it's a cruel blow for the chap. there's not doubt about it, but like it's, like mm-hmm. I, I, think, I don't think, I don't think there's any denying it. He's probably the most popular player among the, the supporters out there. Because of, you what you see is what you get. Like it's. There's no bullshit, there's no softness, like he just goes at it hundred percent every day he goes out. And um like you could hear the name Sheedy's voice there I And mean, he we spoke about him last Saturday after the game. Like it's it's I think it's it while while the while the group will get over, it's just a crushing role for just for what he's what, he, what he's meant to that group for so long. And um, look he's I just think of the SAR championship a guy like that whether he was going to start or whether he was going to come off the bench. Like, I just think he's, he, he would be a loss to the, to the team in the championship. There's no doubt about it. Look, we, they were able to, to win an All-Ireland without him two years ago. But I know from, like, I, I'm sure I'll, Bonner has, has, has three All-Ireland medals to his, his credit. Like, he probably feels the 2019 one probably was one that maybe he didn't achieve. Mm-hmm. I know he played three and a half games that year, but it's, when your feel are when your feet are not involved in in the big games in Crow Park, you probably feel a, a little cheated. But um, yeah. look, you just hope he comes back again. Like I know he'll be. From he's he's going he's going to use it as a motivation. He's going to he's I get the doubters will say that maybe he's finished. Like he's going to use that as motivation to get back next year. I've no doubt about it. Look, and it's, it'll probably help his recovery in some ways to give him a target. Look, he might well he might get back to full fitness and. Um, wh- whoever the manager will be whether it's Liam Sheedy or somebody else might decide we're going to move on from but like I've no doubt Bonner's going to give himself every chance to be part of uh, to be put forward for selection for, for next year
7: and what's the kind of time frame you said in the article there as, as regards coming back for him would he be back for club championship
8: Um, it's seemingly so like I, I was surprised enough I know if those, those Achilles tendon injuries are, are as bad as, as the cruciate ligaments so yeah. Like when you hear Liam Sheedy saying three to four weeks, um, I know he's going for the operation today, so or sorry, three to four months. So, like, you're talking maybe September time, Mike, when he's back, we you're likely to be well into club championship at that stage. Look, if Laura gets at the back end of the club championship, maybe October, November, you think it, there might be a chance, but like, I suppose with all these injuries, yeah, I think it's, it's it's important you don't force them on, and it'll be, I don't know, from Bunners like, he was meticulous and he's his recovery the last time from. From the cruise ship, like he'll do the very, very same again. So look, we just, uh, we just hope that he, he comes back from a better,
7: better than never later in the year
8: or whenever he's he's right again.
7: It's cool for Laura. I was listening to the Irish Examiner podcast, and Ken Hogan was saying Willie was only back training in a couple of weeks, and now now Patrick is gone. It's terrible for the club, really. Oh
8: yeah, yeah. Sure. Like when you think that we were, were so we were so close to winning the the RE in there last year, and. Like Bonner was probably only coming back to full fitness last year. I don't think we saw the best of him in the club championship, but he was getting better as every match went along. And you probably feel with a winter under his belt and maybe a a club an inter county championship, he was going to be even better this year. But that's probably not going to happen. Hopefully, maybe if they if 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 we're still involved in the latter end, maybe he'd be able to offer something. But um, Mm. look, I suppose as John McIntyre said, I think he's had on Tip FM during the week that at least. The club know now that he's going to be missing. It gives them a chance to yeah. maybe through the county league and to just to, to put a plan in place and how to how to fill the void left by Bonner. Like it's uh, it's gonna be a big one, there's no doubt about it.
7: Yeah. And sure, just to the main event of the weekend was the tip senior hurlers' uh, two nineteen to twenty point win over Galway. Um, a very good win. You haven't the article there, a win built on defensive solidity. That was the main highlight for you.
8: Oh yeah, definitely. I think definitely two to three games. I think defensively you have to be very, very pleased. Like what 20, 20 points, two sixteen and twenty points. Like that's in modern Holland, they're not huge scores to be conceding, like. So um you'd have to be very, very pleased with that. Um like like we have so many defensive options, even accounting for, for by Brian, Brian O'Mara being injured. Like you have the six guys who played last week, you have Brendan Maher who wants to get back in there, you have Brian McGrath, you have Two midfielders and Paddy Caddelan and Adam Flynn who can play in the halfback line as well. So, like, I think definitely defensively we look a lot, a lot more assured. Um, I suppose <clears throat> while Liam Sheedy wasn't saying anything is nailed down, you have to be fairly confident that maybe that Seamus Kennedy will be number six for the championship. Like, he's he's definitely keeping the centre centre that defence well well secure. Like, there'll be nobody going through the middle um, for for goal chances like Ronan's back out in the wing where he's, he's probably his best position at the moment, um, both offensively and defensively. Um, not surprised to see Maher go back to full-back at this stage of his career. I know maybe the likes of Johnny Glynn and Isaki O'Halpine have given him problems over the years, but I just think it's like just definitely the tall full-forward that has given him problems. But I just think the way Perlin is going now is there's not much big high ball being landed into on top of a full-back full anymore. Like And, like I think Pawdy and just looking at his 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 fitness levels like he's as lean as I've ever seen him and like he he took on Pat Oregon against Cork very very good again the last weekend I know Kevin Cooney tended to drift out the field but look if you leave parig matter inside and his own he's gonna sweep up so look I think um I definitely think at this age's career like like a, a jj Delaney, I think him maybe moving back from seven to three would probably provide a bit more longevity look he's only what 31 years of age and mm. like i i would think looking at what phil Mickelson said in the golf like i just think there's too much men of the fact that maybe four or five of octubreary's guys are in their early 30s like they are like they have so much more to give like i just like, I'm, I'm wary of when you hear of people trying to write off guys in their early 30s like you can't buy experience like and mm. okay they might be able to give 70 minutes that they're what they were a couple of years ago, but like I tell you, if, if, if you, if you got 55, 60 minutes top level of those guys at this level, like that's better than the 17 minutes of maybe inferior guys. Like, so um, yeah. look, I think, I think Liam Sheedy has done a, a very, very good job in terms of, he's not overloading the older brigade. Like, he's what two and a bit games, Brendan Maher, only come on in two sub-games. probably think maybe Westmead and Waterford will probably see him in from the start. Like Seamus Callan is expected back for the Waterford game. Um, Noel McGrath has got, what, two subs? He's probably what two full games. Well, between total, probably two full games. But look, I think he's getting... He's bringing them back slowly. I think there's no doubt about a tip. Tip wants to be hitting the ground running on the 4th of July against Clare Waterford. And then I think that's their focus at the moment.
7: Yeah, and we kind of see the highlight of the other two games as well. Uh, Fifteen wides, uh, shooting a concern for you, or is it something that'll remedy with match practice? No, I think it's
8: it's, it's, it's something that'll remedy. Um, as I think Liam Sheedy was, was right in saying that to be to be more concerned if they weren't creating the chances and like yet, and like it wasn't that like a lot of the wides were actually from good shooting positions. It was just the accuracy was off. Like it, you'd, you'd be more concerned if they were taken shots and stupid positions. Like there was a few occasions maybe where some of those long range shots were maybe 80 yards out, maybe could have been sent in, but look like that you probably expect. Maybe I think there was one from Barry Heffern in there, one from Mm -hmm. Paddy Cadell that probably on another day that would have stuck over the bar. No problem. It's just, it's just the way it fell on the day. Like, and, um, I, I, I thought out maybe as 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 they as the speed up their play, like they're probably a very, very little hurling training done like and ball work and things like that where you could sharpen things up, but definitely I think that you could see that maybe in the first 10 20 minutes where a fully tuned in tip forward line, if they were on it, there was at least another two or three ball chances on where just mm. the ball fumbled out with a hand or just, the idea was right, but just the execution didn't work out and you think if there was if there was a time to be sharp, it's later on in the year rather than now. So, and like, like, on review, you probably think if we did take those chances and maybe beat Galway with seven, eight, nine, 10 points, you think, oh God, they're, they're, the hype machine is back again, yeah. or it's, it's better maybe in the way it worked out. We had to grind it out without I'll probably showing our full hand. We had to grind it out and like to score, forward, uh, score the last, what, five points, to,
2: or sorry, four points in a row to win was very, very pleasing as well.
7: A lot of lads maybe to get a run against Westmead, see where they're at. Maybe like Savon Connolly, James Quigley. Maybe get. I, know, I think so. Like I know he the the five changes for the the Cork game and
8: then four more for um for uh, for um, Galway. So like I think you would expect changes. Like you, you think if Seamus callanan gets through two weeks training, he'll get some minutes. Um. Like I think they've used about twenty-eight of the thirty-six man panel. Of course, but Billy McCarthy's long-term and Bonner's gone. So, like, you would like, you would like to see the likes of James Quigley maybe getting a run. Um, I say on Connolly, maybe Allentine, and like, there's a few there I like, get hope maybe Billy Seymour and Craig Morgan will be back for the. I know they lost a few weeks training there because I think they were stood down as close contacts due to uh, just a COVID situation, not within the team but uh, outside of that. So. Like, uh, it, it's the opportunity, but like, I, I don't I don't expect wholesale changes, maybe maybe seven or eight, because look, you saw what happened from Waterford, made 12 changes for Westmead. He only got out of there by three pints, so like, you want to keep a certain element of flow. I think actually one of the first names on the team sheet for the Westmead game probably should be John McGrath, just to get yeah. his confidence going. Like, you could see, you could see he's probably... He's doubting himself at the moment when the ball when the ball is coming in. Just the confidence is not there. but we all know when his confidence levels is up, he just makes hurling so easily. So like you like to think the Westmead game, if he gets in there, maybe scores a couple of points, maybe a goal, and sets up a couple that it will just get those confidence levels moving again. You probably think maybe Brian Hogan, after being stood down with yeah. the question last week, will will probably get a run out, and probably he'll probably get the Waterford game too. And it'll be interesting to see then. Like Barry Hogan has done nothing wrong so far. I think definitely think we have a we have a competition for the goalkeeper for the championship, which is great. Like we, yeah. we want to see, we want to see competition there, and I so we're definitely going to see it in defence, because like as as you say, like you have you have at least seven, eight, nine players yeah. for um probably six defensive slots okay some of them can play in midfield and I um, just on second view and I thought um, I thought Mike LeBreen's contribution when he came on at wing forward was not worthy. like he he won a couple of puck outs in the air and I just think if he if he can do that again like we, we in a wing forward position I just think mm-hmm. he'd be so invaluable there because it might release um Dan McCormack back to midfield which I think is where yeah. Tip benefit more from Dan this year
7: yeah, he seems to be going back there a bit more like a burst or ear all there, isn't he? Kind of dropping deep and covering the centre. But Mikey Green's yeah. an enigma, isn't he? He's, he can be unbelievable or he can be just completely out of the game. It's, it's hard to and know where he stands as regards starting or coming on. That's it. I'm
8: sure it frustrates himself to to know how maybe one day the ball runs for him and someday... Like I suppose it is like that, that frustrating position where, as I say, one day the bot you could get a heap of ball land in your vicinity and then some days it's just all going over your head and yeah. you'd probably say maybe maybe Alan Flynn has suffered a little bit for the last two games where he hasn't appeared on an awful lot of ball whereas you look at the first 25 minutes against goal Paddy the ball couldn't the ball seemed to follow him, following Paddy Cadell around like a rash so I think it's just, yeah. it just it could be just the way a midfield position could go or half forward where you're coming back the field but Look, I just thought maybe from the way he caught a couple of those late puckouts that he might think, like he's that he's able to do it, and that maybe if he gets some of those one-on-one positions, maybe a wing forward, but maybe against a water team, I think maybe that's some sort of a game where you'd love to see maybe that that game is going to matter, like and um that that, that could be a game where he's getting the ten or twelve jersey because particularly sure. looking with Bonner gone, like there there is an extra position going now in that half forward line either as a. As a starter and an impact sub, so, so I get it. There's just definitely an opportunity open not open for, only for Michael Green, but also a number of players.
7: Yeah, there's a savage competition there and that uh, Westmead game. Isn't for they have a free weekend this weekend, so it's the following weekend. Um, so just moving on to the football now, Shane. Two uh, mm-hmm. footballers beat Wicklow two twelve to one twelve. Uh, Wicklow and goal, kind of put a glass on it, but comfortable enough if they made it difficult at times.
8: Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, I suppose that the penalty claim with more or less the last kick of the game. But uh, I suppose, look, we, we hope maybe that, that that three points conceded won't be costly. And then the finish up, maybe the score difference is required next weekend after the offaly game. But, mm. look, it was good to get the win. The performance was, was very, very patchy first half. Was, was as poor as I've seen now for a good few years. Um, still, maybe playing a little bit cautiously I know I had it in the headline that um, maybe the best form of defence is attack and I just feel that like we're a better team when we're on the attack like I don't think we're that strong enough defensively maybe to, to hold off a lot of teams even the likes of Wicklow like, like Wicklow kicked eight wides. they had a couple of half chances for goals openings in the first half but like when we when Tip maybe after the second goal, like they went on and they really counter strongly and kicked some cracking points. Um, Stephen O'Brien and, and Connor Sweeney, but it was all it came from when they got the ball and got in behind their midfield, like they really really attacked at pace. Like Jack Kennedy coming on was a big help. Like he, he he's um, like he, he's I suppose he's getting fitter with every match. like, he, he, is he has still carrying lingering that I carrying that lingering hamstring problem from last year? I know they're trying to bring him along slowly. He got he got fifteen minutes against Limerick. He got twenty five against Wicklow. So you like to think he's probably going to get maybe closer to a half against Offaly. Whether he probably risky maybe to start him at this stage, but look, they might have no choice maybe to get as much out of him. Maybe get 45-50 minutes out of him against Offaly because like a, that's a game we have to win uh, at the weekend and. They might have no choice but to put their put their strongest hand out there. Um, like it's um, just it was it's just frustrating that we haven't been able to put our a full team out in the field, and we probably won't be probably till the championship. Maybe it doesn't sound like Michael Quinnivan or Bill Maher will be back for awfully touch and go. Whether they might be back for a, a semi final or relegation semi final. So um, Kevin Fahi, the word is that he probably will be available this weekend, but you yeah. probably think they probably would put him on the bench as well. So look, it's, 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 it's a work in progress. Um, look, that's what the off the game was always going to matter, but you'd, you'd love to have maybe had four points on the board and maybe not have the pressure on the shoulders going down there. But look, I suppose David Power could probably maybe look at, I suppose, get using it as a way to say to it in. look, This is a championship match and everything but name. We have to go to Tullamore and win. And um, look, I know a three-point win would be enough to get them through, but look, I don't think they'll be talking about three-points. I'd have said they just saying get the win and see how the cards fall after that in terms of what Limerick
2: do against Wicklow.
7: Yeah, and it seems even more important in an average league year because of the way the championship is lined up with injuries. It's just, it's a very important game for their year, not to peter out kind of.
8: Oh, that's it. Like, and you don't want to be, like, you don't want to be going into a relegation semi-final in, a, in a two weeks' time, and like, in the, that, I suppose like their target would have been to get out of division three. So like if you just still have to win a semi-final, if, if they get the result they needed this weekend, but um, you'd love to have seen them maybe kick on a bit from last year. Maybe if they had a full deck, they probably would have had to, they would have been able to, but like, I don't, you can't underestimate when you lose your starting half back line from last year, like, yeah, Okay, this is Tipperary. If you took the starting half back line out of Dublin, I don't care what you say, like they would they would be weaker. Like you're yeah. taking Tip starting half back line out of there. You're taking Michael Quinn living out of there. Like and like it's it, it's and you're replacing them with guys that wouldn't have an awful lot of experience and they need they're finding their feet and like there's no doubt about it, Poddy and has settled in well. I think Jack Harney after the difficulty against Limerick came on as a sub the last day did well. Maloney is getting more experience there and um like if Philip Brown got his goal against um, against Wicklow, but it was sort of a frustrating game. He did he, he was making an awful lot of runs. There was not, not he, the ball wasn't sort of finding his way into him. And uh, like yeah, I know he snatched in one chance in the first half where he was probably excited, a kind of would not say desperation, but he was keen to do something because just the ball wasn't coming in. But like you'd like to think maybe if, if he gets a couple of early balls, he looks like he while well, he's he's not physically very belly. He looks like he has a, a bit of pace about him that if he gets a ball, he'll, he'll take on defenders. And like just the way he took his goal against Wicklow, like it was a very cool finish the way he sidestepped the keeper. Like it was no, no elements of panic or maybe he took the wrong option. He knew what he had to do and he did it. And I think as we go on, we'll see more from him.
7: Yeah, it could be a useful addition. He's common. He's relatively common. Ryan's of snake. Who yeah, is snake. absolutely.
8: Yeah. They're yeah. The right so he up in to common. So perfect. Yeah. And offaly, in more tough game. Do you think they'll do it? Um, I think it's going to be tough. I say. I just think there's there's something about like the offaly are kind of riding the quest. of a wave at the moment and all ladies and girls hurling football. Like they're see they've won everything so far. I know they're in lower levels, but like, like. I've always felt that when an awfully team and awfully is going well as a county, like, they're, 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 they're a different animal, like, and then, like, I don't know, more than ourselves, like, they would have targeted probably finishing the top two and getting to promotion. Like, they'll probably feel, maybe they're under, they probably, would they have feel they'll have the job done at this stage. Like, they'd be very unfortunate if they didn't make a semi-final at this stage, but, like, they, they'll probably feel, um, like, home advantage. They should be able to make a count. But like they, they just eked out a win against Offaly or against Limerick last weekend. So you probably think on the basis of what we've seen, but Tip and Limerick, it's probably going to be a tight game. Look, um, there was a tight game last year in Torris, it was a three-point swing, but I'd argue that Tip were probably had a were had a stronger group of players last year in terms of who they had. So hopefully, hopefully we can get the result. Like it's 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 it's. It's going to be a, an interesting day, and I'm supposed to be a lot of to and fro between Ockram to see what happens there. Look, there's no guarantee Limerick will get a result in Ockram. Like if right. it was in, um, if the game was in uh, Limerick, you'd probably fancy Limerick. But look, at there's a there's a fair scenario where if Wicklow win this weekend and Tip lose, like we could end up finishing second place and score difference. Yeah. Like Wicklow, he was only on minus seven, so like it's not a huge. And like I saw enough from Wicklow last weekend like to play a very, very quick tempo brand of football. And if they get off to a good start, to maybe have Limerick chasing them down. But yeah. there's, no, there's no reason maybe why they can't um, cause an upset as well.
7: Yeah, hopefully tip it get the business done there. Mm. Um, just moving on to Komogi then, 58-59. Uh, just briefly, the inter- intermediates had a seven-point loss to Galway, who were always strong at that level. Mm. And uh, the seniors... A uh, fairly comfortable win over Watford, um after the match against Cork and um, a few mistakes really put them out of that game. Mm. They'll be happy to get back on track. Uh, Claudia McIntyre scoring 1-1. She seems to be coming on a bit at senior level. Still relying a bit on Van.
8: Yeah, yeah. But I suppose in terms of um, the compounding back from from the Cork game to the next and the result like, like Waterford have been tricky opposition as you know yourself watching in the last few years yeah. so like it's probably been as comfortable as Tipperary has been against them in a long time, like, so, and look at, I suppose it has to be mentioned that, like, Waterford were coming in cold, they had no game the week before, and that was probably a huge benefit for Tip, like, they, they were matched sharp, and, like, 2-11 to 3 points up at half-time, you probably think there, there was something in that, but, look, from from Tip's point of view, which is good, that the likes of Emer McGrath and Claude McGrath just got on the score sheet for goals, like, we, Tip needs Either one or both, right, to really start to gel in there at senior level. And like, like claude has vicious pace. We saw, we saw with that goal, like, she took off and stuck it in the back. And then sometimes, claude she's actually too quick for her own goal. Yeah. Like, and um, but like, she took her goal brilliantly. Like caught the van 12 points out of the 16 that were scored nine three from play. Like, she's yeah. she's playing superbly well. Like, it was, look, you still say like it's we're still reliant on her, but look. Look, if you feed her enough, she's going to win games on her own, and maybe at Camogie level, you could that can sort you could you can sort of that can sort of work for for a team. Like, um, so I don't know I said maybe I said it uh, that maybe was, maybe they could look at Karen Kennedy, maybe pushing up the field. And I'm sure maybe in tight games they can like, but yeah. like no defensively, 11 points conceded, like that's another low low concession rate. Um, interesting that they switch goalkeepers for the game. I think that there's no doubt. There's, there's not much between Onislatery and and, and um, Cuiva Burke. like they're very there's very very little between them. But, it'd be interesting whether whether um Bill Minetti had decided in his own mind that we're going to get a game each, or whether just whether the management decided okay there there has to be consequences for maybe a couple of the sloppy goals on you conceded against Cork. And I'm are in a senior. I know she's young; she's only eighteen years of age, but I suppose it's it. Senior intercounty, whether it's men's or women's, like it's cutthroat, and yeah. if you're not performing, there probably has to be consequences. And it'll be interesting to see. You now, you'd think Waterford, you'd to think if Bar Waterford produced a major upset against Cork. Tip should get to a quarter final, and whether whether to go back to Anya or whether to go stick with Cueva, it'll be interesting to see. But look, I would have no doubt as you would have been disappointed with an eight, particularly the second goal. Like, it was probably lack of concentration that, for that one. And um, look, these are learning experiences and look, I'm sure she'll be all the better for it. But look, it's... Um, I just noticed like the the two games, particularly the Cork one, I was able to watch that one in full. Like, Tip's... Tip look a very more athletic team this year I think we there's a bit more pace about us and um, like Savangelo Walsh, probably the and see that he got into them for the last five or six months looks to be looks to be working
7: yeah and this just seems to me maybe they need to get another scalp in the league as they go just to get yeah. that confidence over the big three because especially in that court game just a few mistakes maybe nervousness crept in and they're mm. plenty good enough and competitive enough to keep it into them like
8: Absolutely. Like it was like there was nothing in that game for a lot of it bar the goals like in the two, yeah. first, the first two were soccer punches. I know um actually Thompson gave them a lot of trouble in the first yeah. half that game. But like like the tip were finishing like a train that day. Like I know they were hot nine points down and they got it back to, to three, like so look yeah. as as you say, like to get to a quarter final look at anything as possible and they'll probably feel that it's about a crack like Kenny or or a Dublin or a or a or a Galway like and mm. I suppose the longer you stay in that uh, league the better like because um, it shortens the gap down to championship and uh, gives them a chance to to blood some more players like like the so Casey Hennessy are getting some minutes um, Grace O'Toole as well and um, as you mentioned the intermediate like it's probably going to be difficult for the intermediates this year because because now they're they're, to decided to work off separate panels so it's not the fact that the Subs of the senior team can go off and play at the intermediates. It's a completely yeah. separate panel. As already saw this year's intermediate panel is probably going to be a little weaker, but maybe for the long-term development of Komogi, if you're getting more players playing at a decent Division Two level, that's probably it. Probably will be no, no, uh, won't do tip any harm in the long run.
7: Finest, yeah. And just moving to fifty-seven in the ladies football, competitive for the first half, but Cork really showed their class in the second half and blew them away for a finish.
8: Yeah, yeah, was, I watched that game on, on a Friday night and I suppose it's great to see. I know it, it's difficult for maybe to ask maybe ladies players or any elite players to play over Friday night, but you think for, for ladies football, like the opening is there, there's nothing else going on. And Gigi Cacker once to show them, so great to be able to sit down a Friday and see Tipperary playing. But like you said, at halftime, were only two points down against a powerful car team or like, and they were going really well. But like you said, Waterford brought on the big guns in the second half The likes of Libby Coppinger and um, or the farmer and really yeah. took control so look it was a I suppose a learning experience for likes of Declan Carr like appeal um, he'd know an awful lot more about his pairs and they're, they're still a very very young group there's not an awful lot of experience like I'd say the oldest might be like you're probably talking the likes of Edith Carr there and she's only coming yeah. back after being away for a few years um like, like Ashley Maloney's only 22, 23, like yeah. a very, very young group of players. So Like it's uh, playing at division one and like, they're still like, they won't have probably Ashton McCarthy or all or Dwyer back for a summer. So like they're probably not at this stage where it can be afford to miss too many. So like, it's going to be about getting more experience and the likes of Roshi and Daly was very good. Like you Rose Kennedy back from injury. thought she was super in the first half. Um, Emily Morrissey, centre-forward, was very good. Uh, Caitlin Kennedy, centre-back. So, look, there was a lot of good individual performances. Um, Ashley Maloney got 60 minutes under her belt. like She missed an awful lot of training in the spring. So, look, it's, um, I suppose, like, probably win, getting wins against Cork in Dublin is going to be difficult. I'd say the match next Sunday against Waterford is probably the one where Tip were possibly going to be targeting the win. And, which would probably maybe be enough to, to keep them in division one for next year and uh, maybe have a crack at Dublin the following week. So I definitely think I think if they can get a win this weekend against Waterford and um they'd be very, very pleased with their first two games.
7: Yeah. And just finally moving on to your in all fairness, Colum, hmm. you have a lot of sympathy for the uh due underage managers and management teams and uh, the ability to actually see players for the panel.
8: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, um it's just a there was a couple of just a couple of things I, I heard last week between not only my own club but other clubs in terms of I suppose maybe clubs being critical that maybe certain players didn't get a trial or if they did get a trial they only got one chance or two chances or like but I suppose in fairness to the the, the underage selectors like it's just unprecedented what they've been asked to do this year like they have um I know from a minor point of view, like they, pro- I think there was an element of expectation that maybe the minor intercounty championships could have been delayed, maybe to October, November time, okay. just to allow that age group maybe to start off with their clubs and just get back playing again. Um But look, that hasn't happened. They've decided they're just going to play it in the summer alongside senior and under twenty. But that means that no more. They've had absolutely nothing to go on. And I mentioned James Woodlock, like he's only the new. the new manager like I know he did a couple of under 17 under 16 development sessions late last year to help Paul Collins out he's a club man not knowing that Paul Collins is going to step down as manager when he did like so but like like James wouldn't have been at any very few club games last year to know who's going well like he has had no club games sorry schools games to go on um, no different than Johnny Nevin like Johnny Nevin's probably nearly in a worse situation because the minor football manager because I think the minor football and under 16 football was sort of I think only at the halfway stage of their club championships when Jade decided to call a halt early October last year County yeah. management's had no college hurling to go on they have had very little club hurling so, and club football so like all you're left with really is trials and look like trials couldn't trials didn't start until three weeks ago. Like it was only in early May when the J A decided that underage teams could go back training, and that means holding trials. That's what that meant. And yeah. I mentioned like I was talking to one of the backroom team with the Tip Miners. Like they had over one hundred and sixty names issued to them by clubs for guys they felt were good enough for trials, and like. Yeah. And like you know, there's only three pitches in Dr. Morris Park, and that has to go between senior hurlers, senior footballers, all the way down. I'm yeah. like, you might only get maybe access to one of those pitches a night or two a night, and you might be only get bring 30 in one night, or you might bring 60 in another night between two fields. And
2: like, you've
8: you've you've three weeks and maybe five six sessions, maybe to have a look at maybe 110 guys and whittle that down to 30 in the space of three weeks. That's not easy. I like, can, I can, if. When it's just so unlucky for, for the players themselves whereas if you don't go well in a night that may be your only shot Like right? whereas mm-hmm. another time is you might be brought back in two or three times because mm-hmm. a guy might freeze on the night the ball mightn't come his way or he might just, just whatever happens hurling and football it just mightn't happen but like this time they've got to go on what they see I know they've done a lot all the the coaches have done their due diligence the ring club coaches the ring schools coaches just there to find a bit more about the the guys they've picked Um, I know the lists haven't been disclosed I think last Sunday was the cut off for all four of the underage panels to be finalised so um, look it's I just feel like, while every club will feel that the, their own player deserved the look or their own player should have made the final 30 it's just not easy and look, when you're a county like Tipperary particularly when it comes to Ireland it's there's so many quality players that I like I know of players in our tip that I'm surprised maybe haven't not only made didn't make the 30 but didn't make the 75 and I said gee it just shows you the strength like yeah. you think there's a good lad here but there's equally a good lad in the west south and the mid like that I that you wouldn't know an awful lot about so like it's just and you know you just hope it works out for them as the year goes on like it's it's tough in the player but it's also tough in the selector Because look if, if it'll be trying at them if they don't go well in the summer but like you should have brought my club player in he, he would have been better like it's just it's so difficult like but as I said at the very end it's it's playing minors have to be all and end all Look, like, Clark Orbit Shane McGrath never played to county minor they have all the medals in their back pocket like so um at senior levels so look I just think it's I think for a lot of underage players this year I just think if you get a call up to a county panel brilliant but after being locked up for so long just yeah. I think enjoy get back playing and look if you stay developing in 18, 19, 20 you'll you, you still come to you'll still get a chance maybe to put on the blue and gold jersey
7: Absolutely yeah. and just I, I forgot to mention there uh, you just had a bit of a tribute there to Gerard Gavin passed away sadly there
8: yeah, yeah, um, I suppose for for a lot of North Tipperary people like George would be very familiar, particularly anybody going to a match in McDonough Park and Ina there, he generally be always just inside the gate there, a bit of crowd control or something like that, and actually look, wonderful, wonderful gentleman, like, geez, he was very, very, a lovely man, like, he never had a bad word to say about anyone Ball was positive, and, look, he's a great loss to Ena rogue, he's a great loss to Tipperary, was like he what the ideas he brought in terms of fundraising and stuff to nina and to tipperary were were huge and this was we we see that through his business like in jerry gavin the the house of gifts and then the the furniture place here in in town like he was a part of nina there for a long number of years and look he's seen a lot in his 88 years and this was just disappointing for him maybe the last two years he probably couldn't get to as many matches he could with covid but look he He's a great man, and he'll he would be, be greatly missed by, by Nina and his family, and uh, everybody in, in the heart of fraternity.
7: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that's great, Shane. Thanks very much for joining us for this week's paper review.
8: No, cheers, up.
3: Are you looking for an exciting new career? Iconic News are recruiting for the positions of media sales specialists. Iconic is Ireland's largest independently-owned newspaper group with an unrivaled audience in print, online and mobile. We are now seeking media sales specialists to join the advertising sales team working on the Chipperary Star, The Nationalist and ChipperaryLive.ie, offering a competitive salary and massive career progression to the right fit. To apply, please email your CV to ocooper at iconicnewspapers.ie.
2: Well, that's all we have time for this week, folks. Thanks to Pat, Samantha and Shane for joining us and Marissa, Marty and Inda for their contributions. Don't forget to subscribe to our website at premierviewpodcast.com so you don't miss out on any new episodes and keep an eye on the blogs and match reports section for some interesting views along with Marty's player ratings. Also, give us a follow on social media, Premier View Podcast on Facebook and Instagram and at Premier View Pod on Twitter. Our next episode will be out Monday afternoon where we hope Tip will have had victories over Offaly and Waterford in this weekend's games. Until next time, Tibberdor and a boo.